Hello, and welcome to the Gloomy Star Podcast with your host, Henry Bilbury, on episode three. So, something really annoying that's happened to me today. I was painting my room, and I ran out of paint. And I looked it up, and it said you could mix water with the paint, and it would be the same exact color. But it wasn't. And I put it on the wall, and it just dripped all over the floor, and now my whole floor is teal. And all the decorations that I was supposed to put in that room today are scattered all over my room. And also one of my fish died. So I'm not having that good of a day. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just random stuff that I'm going to put in there. I have fake plants, pictures, ottomans. Ugh. It's just making me kind of mad. Well, on to our first story. The cell phone. A couple months ago, my friend's cousin, a single mother, bought a new cell phone. After a long day of work, she came home, placed her phone on the counter, and went to watch TV. Her son came in and asked her if he could play with her phone, new phone. She told him not to call anyone or mess with the mess- text messages, and he agreed. At around 11.20, she was drowsy, so she decided to tuck her son in and go to bed. She walked into his room and saw that he wasn't in there. Then she ran over to her her room to find him sleeping on her bed with the phone in his hand. Relieved, she picked her phone back up in his hand to inspect it. Browsing through it, she noticed only minor changes, such as a new background, banner, etc. But then she opened up saved pictures. She began deleting the pictures he had taken until only one picture remained. When she first saw it, she was in disbelief. It was her son sleeping on the bed, but the picture was taken by someone else above him, and it showed the left half of an elderly woman's face. Whoa, 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 whoa. That is creepy. I mean, like, your son fell asleep, and you get a picture on your phone of an elderly woman, Taking a picture of your son sleeping? Yeah, that's creepy. And I think we've came up with our um, logo, which is, that's very creepy to me. Everybody that has watched my podcast has mentioned that to me. And says I say that a lot. So I guess we have, that's the logo now. So... (laughs) I guess that's what it is. Okay. Next story called Ghost Bro. My house was built in 1904 in a single family home. Wood frame sitting on a block foundation. I've been living here for about 12 years. Of all the weird things that my siblings and I have heard in this house, this one even is my favorite. This happened to my brother about 10 years ago. My brother and his best friend had started a garage band playing mostly Spanish rock alternative, but most in but in Spanish, its friends could only get together on Sundays, Sunday afternoons. They would practice until the early evening and they would usually call it quits about 8 p.m. 
This was the time I usually sh- showed up and went to bed because I worked the graveyard shift. This happened in late fall, so the days were getting shorter and they had just finished a long session with the dis- discussion dissension in his head to someone else house came about. My brother handed his car keys to his buddy so they could load up their equipment. Everyone had filed out the basement, but the tricky part was they needed to walk all the way to the back of the basement, up the stairs, through the kitchen doorway, down the hall, in the living room, and out the front porch. Everyone was outside sitting in my brother's truck waiting for him. My brother was walking up the stairs when he remembered that he had left his pancakes in a to-go container sitting on a speaker in the basement. He made this decision to go back, decision to go back. Now the basement was not clean and full of slight lines. There had been partons made and the boiler and main heating unit are right smack in the middle. So my brother walks back. He is about to retrieve his food container. When out of the corner of his eye, he sees it. It was a shadowy figure right at his personal vision. The feeling of dread and uneasiness washed over my brother. We had been taught that if you are in the presence of a spirit or a ghost and you feel a bad vibe, to say a quick prayer or to cuss at it. My brother chose chose to pray. He prayed our father. My brother started to walk back to the basement and briskly up the stairs, closing the door and turning off the light, and he was walking out the last light switch on the opposite side of the door. Lucky the door was open and the light from the street at his back, but at no point did he turn around and he flicked the light switch in the living room, went dark, and did rest at the house. As he stepped out of and pulled on the door, closing it behind him, still holding his food container in one hand, he jogged down the few porch steps. He walked towards the front gate. Our house resides far from the main road street, essentially having a large front yard, but no rear garage. As he closed the gap between himself and his friend, friend's truck, he had kind of smiled through things, smiled and thought things over in his head, maddened himself. Sorry. Blah. Oh, I just, I was about to read the line over again. He climbed into the driver's side of the truck, putting on his seatbelt, and getting ready to go out of the parking spot directly in front of the house. When one of his friends asked, Hey, wait, what about your brother? Isn't he coming with us? My brother answered, What do you mean? He went to work early tonight. He's already gone. Do you see his car anywhere? 
The next question that asks, so then who was taking, walking behind you when you were leaving the house? Whoa. That was a little long one, but that was creepy. That it actually followed him out of the house. Whoa. That was pretty creepy to me. See? That's what I mean. Okay. Okay, the next story. The grandfather. My grandfather told me this story about how one time he was sitting in a chair in front of the house when he heard his wife repeatedly calling him from outside the house. This the thing this my grandfather passed away a few years before that. But he told me that the voice was so pressing that he actually got up to look inside the house. As soon as he got outside, he heard a loud crash behind him and turned around to see the chair he had been sitting in moments ago had been crushed by the cast iron gutter that fell on it. And he hadn't come inside the house, he would have probably been seriously injured. I don't know if it's paranormal or not, but every time I think about it, it sends chills down my spine. I think that probably was paranormal. That is just my opinion. I'm pretty sure that was paranormal. I don't know. Um, yeah, but I'm pretty sure that was paranormal. Um, okay, trying to find the next story, because I'm doing it on LibreOffice, and they just skip, like, four pages. Let me see here. Here we go. There we go. Wait. Sorry. Trying to find it. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. This... Is the story? Don Simon Bruno didn't believe in God. He wanted everybody knew, to know about it so much that he built a hair-raising monument of the the devil trumpeting over an angel. The sculpture now guards the tomb of John Simon, who died of a heart attack in 1934 at the age of 65. Since then, the new famous tombstone in Dugag Malone has been the subject of a lot of legends portrayed by people who've never even knew its real origins. It only took an interview with Don Simon's um, serving children to figure out history behind the bizarre tombstone in a trancing episode, at least for me, of the 90s TV show. Um, It's in... um, Philip P. 
Filipino language. And I can't read it. And that his father had a victim of Spanish oppression caused of being a revolutionary. Don Bruno had been arrested by the... I can't, also can't say that. And subjected to... Engram, I can't say that either. Punishments. Like forcing him to drink a pail of water containing... Oh, uh, that is also in a different language. Um, okay. I don't think that is the right story. No. I'm sorry. But... I tried to find a story. I'll tell you the story. So, this man, he didn't like God, and he made a tombstone for himself before he died of a devil over an angel with a trumpet. And it's to this day thought to be possessed, and, um, Usually, every peop- everybody that walks by it gets some kind of demonic possession. And that's pretty much just the small version of it. And I watched a video about it, and I'm sorry that that did not work. So, let me see here. Here's another story. A friend of mine showed me how to use Google Maps. I'm sure you've seen it. It lets you use satellite images to look at locations all around the all over the world. A few years ago, I was in a car accident. Since then, I really don't leave the house that often. It's difficult, and the idea of seeing a car drive makes me feel lightheaded. I was fantasted by the fact that I could see all over the world, almost like being there. I would virtually walk down the streets and then almost feel like I was really there. I became instantly hooked. It gave me a real eye of the world. I could go to almost any major city and I could see streets of China, Japan, Germany, and England. So many places. Places I've never even gone to tourist attractions like the Great Barrier Reef and Dracula's Castle. My favorite was to go to random places in major cities and see how many people and the animals I could find. The faces of people were almost blurred to protect their privacy, but it was still enjoyable to see see them out there enjoying their life, walking like it was no big deal. She must have good tastes, I laughed. I zoomed in closer and noticed the gray bag she carried on a gray and purple shoulder strap. She was walking in a relaxed manner, one hand traveling the wall beside her. I bet if I could have seen her face, I would have... She would have been smiling. I began to feel a little sad. I let my hands fall onto my arms of my wheelchair and look at for her for a minute more. I wish that I could be there walking so carefree with her.
That wouldn't happen, though, until I died. I was stuck in the chair. I sighed and zoomed of Tokyo enough of this for tonight. I turned off the computer and went to bed. I got up early and decided to look around Paris. Paris was always fun. I liked to look at the city with all the of its old, beautiful buildings and so many people to watch. I randomly zoomed into the area and saw a street linked with old brick buildings, a few small shops, and then an old tan brick church. Ahead was an intersection, and, do- and dozens of people walked by, and balding businessman walked quickly past, looking back at an old woman, here covered with a scarf, carrying a large purse, a curly woman in black pants with two tights, started into a store window, and two women led a group of small children around a corner. I spun the view around for a few more times and then saw something peculiar, peculiar sitting on the bench of a bus stop. There were two people. One of them was a young woman with her feet stuck in front of her in a relaxed manner. She was wearing two pair, a pair of red sneakers like my own. I was startled for a minute. As I noticed her black pants, white white t-shirt, and black hooded jacket, her dark brown hair was tied loosely behind her head. A gray bag sat on the bench beside her. The shuttle strap hooked over the shoulder. That's crazy, I thought. It, It can't be possibly the same woman. This is different. This is a different country different convent even how could it be how could it be her this this was stupid it was as if there were living photographs then she that she had taken ahead of time and then stored it like she was in two places at once she could just be a traveler besides without seeing her face it was impossible to tell if it was the same person brown hair was probably the most common hair color in the world those red sneakers were something i purchased online i'm sure a million other people did too i shook my head and went to fix my some lunch myself some lunch when i got back online i decided to look at berlin i picked a random street as usual it looked pretty empty there were a few brick buildings lining the streets looking more like factories than anything else they were so there were also empty lots full of long grass and piled gravel there wasn't much to see at all really there was a long line of motorbikes and a car with two german flags sticking out from it after more searching i found one kid he looked like he was dressed for school a jacket thrown over his bag he was intently look looking at some kind of mobile device I was disappointed. I started to leave, but when I caught something out of the corner of my eye, I turned the view and there was and there were the those red sneakers. She was standing on the street corner next to some kind of s- signpost. She had a hand on the post looking down on the street as if she was waiting to cross the street. I stared in shock. How could she be there, too, even if she was traveling there no way?
I would find her find her every time even finding her in Paris would have been one heck of a coincidence but this was crazy when was it some kind of joke had Google decided to play a prank on its users that used their product so much it had began would have been a great joke. I did a quick research looking at the note about the woman who shows up like Waldo. There was nothing. I looked through articles of strange things you can see on Google Maps, but none of them mentioned the woman that travels the world with you. This was crazy. Had myself imposed isolation driven me mad? Had I become so lonely that I created a of my for, for for myself leaving the Berlin image on my screen I sent a text to my friend asking him to look at the locations I asked him to be if he saw the same woman then I waited hands sweating heart thumping in my chest I jumped with my phone beeped return message 10 minutes later the text read I see the lady you're talking about in Berlin, but I didn't see her in Paris or Tokyo. Is this some kind of game or what? Are you okay? I didn't respond. Instead of returning to the locations in Tokyo or in Paris, there she was. She was there, but the different. She was no longer sat on the bus stop bench in Paris. She was standing in front of it, looking for something in her bag. In Tokyo, she was. In Tokyo, wait. Uh, in in Tokyo, she was blocks away, squatting down to bet that calico cat. I shivered. Who was she? Was she? What was happening? I switched my map to Brussels, if to have another city street in line with old-looking buildings the shops on the ground level and i guess was apartments above i quickly scanned the streets there was an empty other kind of stocky woman and a bright blue sweater i didn't i couldn't i did a second swoop she was she wasn't there i sighed in relief i didn't believe i was getting so worked up about this i was nothing nothing but a comic I stopped my eyes, frozen on the screen. There was a building at the point of the fork of the road, white with a black ironwork frame balcony jutting from the second floor. I had seen her, and I had been looking on the sidewalks. There she stood, standing on the balcony, her head tilted in the direction of the camera. Almost like she was calling, looking toward me. My breath caught in my throat. I switched to Sardis. She was then leaning against the wall instead of the doorway of a bright blue cardlick pharmacy building. London showed her getting ready to step onto a red double-decker bus, her head turning to look over her shoulder. She was everywhere. I looked. She stood on the brook sidewalk of a bridge in Vince. She walked across a yellow hard crosswalk in Zurich. And in Hong Kong, she stood between the 
Wing Leung Bank and McDonald's adjusting the strap on her bag. In each picture, she came closer and closer to looking directly at me with her blurred out face. My heart felt almost terrified. Bird slamming around inside my chest. I couldn't catch my breath. I wasn't sure what to do. I could call the police. Should I send the screenshot to Google? I clenched my fist tightly and closed my eyes. When she, who was she? Was she following me? Was I following her? I wish I, I could see the expression on her face, know what she saw, and know when she looked back at me. I want to get out of this chair and run. Why is it? Why is it the only thing that made me feel free again? And this thing made me feel even more trapped. I didn't know. I typed in the name of my town and zoomed into a random street and a couple of miles from my house, the gates of the city park were shown clarity of daylight. Miles from my house, standing under an ironwork arch was the stated name of the park. She looked directly at the camera, directly at me. I felt like I might throw up. She said she once she was near me and she was watching me she was coming for me what did she want i typed in the name of my apartment complex where i live so i could see the outside of the building the parking lot was full of cars there were a few blurred few blurred out children on the playground i searched everywhere for her she wasn't in the park parking lot or on the sidewalks not hiding between the buildings or standing in the playground I even scanned each of the cars behind the bushes and even of the blurred windows. She wasn't there. I, uh, sorry. Um, she wasn't there. I curled tightly around myself and lay and laid my head down on the desk. This place was safe. I didn't leave my apartment anyway. I would have. Never, I would never use Google Maps again. I would never see her again. She would stay at the park for all I cared. I smiled to myself and was surprising to find a tear slipping down my face. I'm safe, I said to myself in a whisper. It felt good to hear it out loud. I'm safe. As I said it, there was a knock on the door. A chill ran down my spine and the camera hooked into my computer that showed at the who's at the front door when it made me easier for me with my mobility issues i slowly reached in the control to show my to show myself who was outside but my hands trembled fiercely as i touched the control i realized my mistake the last google image i didn't see only showed the outside of the building just the outside I looked at the screen and saw a woman in the white t-shirt, black pants, black hooded jacket, carrying a gray bag with a purple and gray striped shoulder strap. Of course, there was those red sneakers. She looked directly at the camera. She was facing a computer blur. As I tried to siphon a scream, she raised a hand and knocked loudly on my front door. That was the creepiest one of all and I can't believe that I'm pretty sure that's something paranormal I'm very sure that's something paranormal because 
that it's almost physically impossible for someone to be there at the same exact time that they're taking Google Maps pictures. That has to be something paranormal. And she's wearing the same thing each time on every single thing. That has to be something paranormal. Well, I hope you you guys enjoyed episode three of the Gloomy Star podcast with your host, Henry Bilberry. I hope you had a great last week, and I hope you have a great week to come. And hope you have a great night and day. Bye.